going on folks the beanie boy is back i am here joe dorville i'm the host uh this episode uh we just decided we're gonna do two episodes a week potentially um and i'm here with comedian brandon tassif from jacksonville florida what's going on man what's going on brother a lot of stuff yeah. happening so we went from one a week happening. to uh now we're gonna do two a week <laughs> yeah first episode went so great we decided to do it twice uh we're also flying by the seat of our pants we did this without our producer so uh, it's going to be a relatively short episode. No walk off. Just talk about what's in the news currently. Well, the reason we, we decided to kind of do this was because of what happened with the Clippers and the Nuggets. Um, yes. My Nuggets. Your Nuggets. Yes, Thank exactly. You. We definitely thought, all right, well, we'll do one a week. You know, I have a lot of, you know, background in football. So I'm going to mainly talk about that. And I know you love all sports kind of equally. And so we're just kind of like, yeah, this will be fun. And then when the Nuggets beat the Clippers in game seven, you had sent me a message and said, hey, uh, we're going to have to do another podcast to talk <laughs> about this. I, uh, full disclosure, folks, I was like, hey, uh, if in in the event that, say, the Nuggets go down 0-2 to the Lakers by the next time we record, it's going to really take a lot of sting out of uh, them beating the Clippers. So can we record a pod where I'm still in a good mood? Yeah, exactly. Well, and then that's the biggest question is what happened? Because you had sent me that link where all 20 of the top 20 uh, ESPN NBA analysts picked the Clippers. Um, yes. I originally on the Twitter site, <clears throat> excuse me, at Cheering Press, I picked the Clippers to win in game six. I actually bet on the Nuggets in game seven, though, because there's you can't really simulate that kind of desperation. Um, so I won some money on that. But w what happened? What do you think happened with the Clippers? I know we talked about this last week, but they really imploded. I think it's what I, I I need to go back and check, but I think it's what I said. They didn't have playmakers. They had nobody to create for anyone else, and they relied on Kawhi kind of to do everything. And by the fourth quarter, he was gas. Paul George, I don't I don't want to say he can't step up in the big moments, but it I will. I, I'm more than up. happy to say that Paul George. <laughs> Uh, playoff P cannot step up in the big moments. It appears that he can't step up in the big moments. Um, and Jokic was what Jokic was what they wanted Kawhi to be. Jokic had what thirteen assists. He was able to find other guys, and uh, he had twenty two boards off the glass. And Murray, Murray. So they were trying to guard Murray for most of the series with Paul George or Kawhi, and that worked. And, um, but I don't mean to interrupt you, but that would make sense because Paul George yes, acquired two of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Thousand percent. So what the Nuggets did in the last three games was they started running screens and switching them off to have Beverly play on Jamal. And Jamal, people don't know, but Jamal's a bigger guard. He's six five, okay, so yeah, he's able to shoot over the top of Paul Patrick Beverly without an issue. So that's why he was able to get off in the last couple of games. Well, and it's weird too because Joker is seven, you know, over seven feet tall. He's not really 
it's odd because, as you know, Shaquille O'Neal is my favorite NBA player of all time. Yes, sir. The Diesel. Uh, but it's interesting because he was definitely perceived as uh, he was a very athletic center. Like when he was in shape, especially in those early years in Orlando, yeah, Orlando. which is where I got to know him, he was very athletic and very dominant. And it's just odd because the Joker's not. You know, the running joke is Michael Jordan is his airness and the Joker is his floorness. Like he can't, but he just sees the whole court. And I I say there's something you can't, uh, nothing can be subtracted for court vision. If you're able to see the court in a different way and willing to make the pass, because that was one of the things like last year and the year prior, they were trying to get him to be more assertive because he's too passive at times. He would give up the ball easily. And it's like, okay, that's good. But then you kind of have to hammer that out. Like people say in early LeBron years when he that's would what pass, I was just give about to bring up. up. Yeah. He'd give the ball up. It's like, no, you need to take over the game, but it works in certain spots. Yeah, and that's the that's the insane thing to me is that if you looked at him, you'd be like, nah, no way. You know what I yeah, mean? Because he's, he's always bleeding. Yeah, and my, my cousin sent me this really funny, I think it was his passport picture. Um, because my cousin lives in Denver, so he's he and he's a huge NBA fan. So he sent me the picture from his passport when he was a kid, and he's like, This is the greatest athlete in the NBA. <laughs> it's like this chubby little Eastern European kid, and I was like, Oh God. Well, I don't know if he's the greatest athlete, but he's probably up there for basketball intelligence, basketball IQ. He's one of the smarter guys. Yeah. Well, and then he and go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Denver's also uh, sometimes it's a uh, Greg will love this. Greg and Kyle will love this. Like the hockey pass, the pass that leads to the pass. Denver is a team that is willing to give the extra pass, yeah, not to the detriment of the team. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's just it's bizarre to me because with what happened last year, what was it? The second round they got bounced by Portland, by Portland, yeah, and then the Game year seven, bef- the year before. If I'm not mistaken, didn't they just make the playoffs or they missed the playoffs? And all this is when Jamal Murray is on the team, you know, barking about, I want some respect, you know, put some respect on my name. And so it's interesting to me because I have nothing but the utmost respect for the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, I bet them to win game seven, but it's just weird because it's like, listen, man, like we understand you went to game seven, you know, you won both game sevens uh, against um, in the last two rounds, but you can't. Like the previous track record, you can't just be like, no, you guys should have all seen this coming. And trust me, as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I am very aware of this situation. I'll say that in the context of, yes, you should have, people should have seen it coming because I can't remember if they made it two years ago, but they would have been a lower seed if they did. But then last year, they were the number two seed in the West. So it shouldn't be shocking. So when Kawhi went and then everybody was like, oh, man, it kind of changes things up. They were the third seed in the West this year. No, but remember what we talked about, though, um, last on the last episode was all these teams that do really well during the, the, the regular season and then get bounced. And we see it all the time. I mean, we just saw it with Antetokounmpo. And that's the thing is to say, well, they were the third seed this year. They were the second seed last year. We know from just watching as much sports as we had is that. That doesn't matter in the playoffs. And also, we've seen good teams get bounced. The NBA is different, though. In the NBA, the top half, this I think this is the first time 
I don't quote me on this, but this might be the first time since 99 where a bottom five seed, meaning the heat on the East, we'll get to in a second, has made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. It's rare for the best teams in the NBA not to continue to go on. No, I understand. So yeah, you're right. You're being right. Being a top four team, you should have seen it one and two. They were the number two seed going into the bubble. And then there's eight games. Murray didn't play some because he was rehabbing. So the Clippers only ended up in two due to circumstance. We don't know how the season would play out if it happened in actuality. But um, I, I think Will Bond said on PTI earlier this week when he had the or last week when he had the Nuggets losing game seven that um, it's the um, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it's the hierarchy. You you go in levels. You go in steps. So two years ago, I do think they made the playoffs. You lose first round. Last year, you lose second round. Yeah. If you're a good enough team, you're going to keep growing, keep growing. And this year, they made it to the Western Conference Final. They got over that hump. Can they make it over? This? Are they going to be the Warriors where they just blew through the hump and they're automatically in the finals? Or are they going to suffer another heartbreak to the Lakers and then come back next year stronger? Yeah, I don't. I think it's one of those weird things where I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre to me when teams, because we've seen teams get bounced. And I know statistically speaking, most of the time they uh, um, are going to, you know what I mean? Like in the long run, yeah, they'll, they normally will win, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't, it's not necessarily how it works every time. So like just seeing what happened to the Bucks is kind of makes me kind of like nervous. I was about to say, when you bring up the Bucks think about you also have to think of the construction of the teams because with the bucks they're kind of one dimensional everything kind of moves through Giannis, and if Giannis is one dimensional as a player he, he doesn't have an expanded game like say a jimmy butler who not the greatest three-point shooter but can hit a three jason tatum who can go inside outside Giannis's main production is inside so if you stop him going inside and you force everybody else to start shooting we can collapse on this one guy. If we neutralize your biggest threat, it's kind of over. But yeah. with Jamal and Jokic, it expands the game. The floor expands. So it adds different dimensions to the point of attack. Solid. All right, All right. next topic. Yeah, you wanted to talk about the game tonight, um, the NBA game tonight. We got uh, Heat, Heat Celtics. Yeah. Celtics lose in a devastating way um, in game one. They Crushing were defeat. They had control of that game for the most part um, throughout. And then Tatum gets blocked in overtime. Tatum gets blocked. Tatum, at the end of regulation, he makes a, I won't say a bad shot because we just saw Murray hit a shot similar to that. We've seen Dame hit a shot. He was looking for that big three. Uh, a little not 30 feet or 30 footer but it was like 27 feet didn't make it then late in the game he goes up gets his soul ripped out by bam out of bio yeah that um, was devastating <laughs> uh that was soul clenching uh dan levitard made a funny note and he was like in the league where everybody kind of flails and looks at the ref and asks for a foul like he got blocked and just sat at the base of the rib and didn't even say anything. He was demoralized. Yeah, and I was just gonna, that's when you know it's bad, when you're just yeah, kind of like... just like, damn. I'm going to take my ball and go home, I think, guys. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so who do you have going with the rest of this series? Because I honestly think the Celtics, what we were just talking about earlier, the Celtics have that hardened team. They've been through this now three years in a row together. Yeah. What is it? Four out of the last five years, they've made the conference uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And it's with the same core. Um, they should be getting Hayward back, which is going to be good news for them. But that's the problem is Hayward always starts slow when he comes back from injury. And it's sad to say that this sure. happens quite often with him. But... But what's what's your take? Who do you think? Who do you got coming out of this? I mean, I said on episode one, and I'm not gonna let this one game shake me off my point. I think the Celtics should prevail because they are the better team, and they know who their best player is. Yeah. Whereas the Heat, I I don't know if I said it on Monday, but their best player is Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic led them in scoring again. Yeah. Jimmy is the marquee name, but Goran is the he's the only person that's been this far. He's the only person that has the most playoff experience, I'm pretty sure. Jimmy Butler, if you hear this, it's at Joe Dorville. <laughs> Leave me out of it. You're the marquee guy. You're the guy. You're the reason the Heat are here. No, for but sure. I, he just he makes me nervous. I feel like he's gonna tell everyone one day that <laughs> he might run up on me. About him. Look, he's gonna come into my gym and he's gonna grab a bunch of scrubs and he's gonna whoop my ass <laughs> and then ask for a trade. <laughs> and my name is Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Wiggins, uh, Andrew Wiggins. I was about. Andrew I was gonna Wiggins? say, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um. I, I don't want to rehash everything we talked because we did kind of break down a lot of the stuff on Monday, but it's just yeah. interesting to me the. Because it's weird, and we talked about this before, but it's bizarre with the NBA because going into some of these games, because they are seven-game series, so it's not like the NFL. Like in the playoffs, of course, there are always upsets, but at the same time, you're kind of like, well, this is the you know the, the team that I feel like has the most talent or the most experience or whatever, and it's a one-game thing. So yeah, you, it's you a one-game sample. Yeah, it could go either way. But with the NBA, because it's always a series, like you said, statistically speaking, the better team normally wins. It's normally always yeah. chalk in the NBA. So it's so weird to me when I see something like this happen, because going into the game, I was like, oh, the Celtics, like you said, they have the, I feel like they've got the best player on the court. They have more experience. They're more battle-tested. They've been, you know, they've got three i think two out of the top three players in the series at least two out of the top four um yeah in tatum and then uh and brown excuse me and uh kemba but kemba's not been playing well and yeah, hero I say, kemba needs to get his head out of his yeah ass. and hero's been out of his mind bam out of bayou is just uh you know yeah, insane and that's weird too because i remember when they took him in the draft everyone's like yeah he'll be a good player probably a role player and that's the bizarre thing that's been happening with his heat team is on paper, everyone's like, yeah, Eric Spolstra is a great coach. Tyler Hero will be good at, the, what was he, the 13th pick. Bam Adebayo is going to, you know, he's going to blossom into something. Probably not going to be a superstar, though. Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler, the greatest NBA player of all time. Um, <laughs> but on paper, it looks good. But then during the season, they did well, but you didn't hear a whole lot. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. You didn't hear a lot because there were, there were more headlines, um, just like the Nuggets. You didn't hear a whole lot about them being the 2 3 seed at yeah, that's a good, the whole season. Good point. Because you had more storylines with more notable names. You had Giannis. You had Toronto. Are they going to repeat? You have the Celtics. You had 
the LeBron and the Lakers, the Clippers. You had all these marquee, the Rockets. What what is that experiment going to look yeah, like? Yeah, that's so. D'Antoni's out of there, right? Yeah, he he already resigned. Uh, somehow he was able to save face and just quit instead of getting fired. Yeah, but, I don't. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, no. The thing, the funny thing about Bam and Hero. Um, is that we got to remember, honestly, I don't think Bam even played at Kentucky due to some restriction. And if he did, he played like in a limited role because they have so many people there. And same thing for Hero. They have so many people there that you're going to end up scoring, what, 14 points a game. Same thing with Jamal Murray. They have so much talent there. You don't shine the brightest, but you're playing against a good team and you have a chance to go deep. So then when you get to the NBA, depending on where you end up, the heat heat culture has become just a catchphrase, but it's so true because they turn these guys that no one was looking at and nobody knew about into star players. Like Duncan Robinson was undrafted. I think he played at like a junior college before he got to Michigan, and now he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Yeah, and you can't – I mean, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, that's, that's a real pedigree. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I thought the Celtics were going to, I honestly thought they were going to walk this. I thought they were going to walk the heat. I thought it was going to be dramatic. I, I, I never had them walking them, but I think I definitely said six or seven because that's always what I say is six. <laughs> yeah. I, I take a little more risks when it comes to the, uh, the predictions, but then when you're wrong, you're, I'm really wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're flat out wrong. Yeah. Because I, like I always have a chance if I say six or seven, by the way, nuggets in seven. You got the Nuggets in seven. I got the Nuggets in another seven. All right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Dwight Howard and uh, Javale McGee are going to give them enough as far as because yeah, you know AD is going to be on Jokic uh, and LeBron's going to do the LeBron things, but I don't think I don't think they have anyone really to contend with Murray. I mean, unless unless LeBron's going to run Murray and then AD is going to run Jokic, but then that'll be interesting. But you know what I mean? Then Jokic is just yeah. going to figure something else out. Like he did with the Clippers, like he did with Utah, like he'll figure something else out. Exactly. I think the Nuggets have the depth that the Lakers don't have um, with Porter, with Harris, with Grant, with Millsap. Yeah. Uh, Monte Morris, who doesn't get enough shine, is a great backup point guard. I think they have enough depth to death by a thousand cuts. They'll eventually, you'll look at the stat sheet, maybe Murray has less, maybe Jokic has less, but you'll see seven people in double figures. Yeah, I think I, that's how the series is going to shake out. Especially, yeah, because Jokic is going to, he's going to make sure everybody eats exactly. in the world. Yeah, both of them will look for the extra pass, like I said earlier. Absolutely. So last thing we wanted to touch on, uh, Thursday night football tonight, we've got the Cleveland Browns and the, the Cincinnati Browns Bengals. And the Bengals. It's at the, the Browns, not that home field matters anymore. Um, with <laughs> the battle for Ohio, this is being the battle for Ohio. What do you what are you thinking about? I'm now I'm just going to give you real quick my take. I really think yeah, the Browns have to bounce back after what happened last week because it wasn't it wasn't a loss. It was de- like we were saying about the block. It, yeah, it was demoralizing. <laughs> and that's one of those things where I don't really listen to a lot of the, the hype uh, machine for, you know, different sports channels and stuff like that. The reason is because every year it always happens where. On paper, a team looks great and then, you know, or maybe they did pretty well last year and everyone thinks they're going to make the leap. But it's like Herm Edwards says, you know, you play to win the game. Like you can't go yes. by stats or, you know, the the um, fantasy football or anything like that. So I don't think the Browns 
have any kind of cohesion. I mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. think Baker Mayfield, while he's a great quarterback, um, I think this is going to be a Johnny that Manziel. Opinion. That is Brennan Tassif's opinion. I think this is going to be a Johnny Manziel 2.0. I don't think people want to play with him as much as you would think. I think mm-hmm. OBJ is undermining the entire locker room. Oh. Um, you don't agree? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll no, no, no. I, I, I think the problem is he knows Baker's not – feeding him he, he knows that he's not playing with a quarterback that's up to his standard and i think that can draw a huge riff in the locker room i mean i i could be wrong maybe they love each other maybe they're best of friends but well, um, i'm not saying i'm not contending that they love each other but i don't know if he's creating a riff because i mean he hasn't said anything publicly and to his credit he never said anything publicly about eli in new york either he said stuff on the field we've seen the antics on the sideline yeah and that's but the thing is he that he never said anything in the press that's the thing is I I'm I'm kind of and I could be just totally wrong, but mm. just the way he acts on the sideline and stuff, kind of when it comes to that almost disdain that you can see in his body language and on his face, you know he doesn't say anything in the press because he's a good teammate. But at the same time, I'm thinking like this guy he's it's got to be driving him crazy to be one of the best wide receivers, one of the most talented and athletic wide receivers in the NFL, and you're playing on a team where the offensive line can't keep the quarterback upright. He's making bad reads. Um, you guys just can't get anything going. I think going. it drives him up the wall, but I think it's, I mean, if Baker, if that's getting to Baker, then Baker's not built for this. Cause if you can't deal with your star receiver, having tantrums and fits and demanding the ball, then you're not cut out for this league because you would have never existed in a Randy Moss era, a T.O. era. (laughs) Yeah. Those guys would have tore you to shit and in the press as well. (laughs) Yeah, and that's... Well, that's the thing is I'm not saying that... Again, I'm not saying, you know, Baker's a bad player, but what I'm saying is that I think... The expectations are too high. It's like, you know, in The Replacements. No, the expectations are definitely too high. It's like in the movie The Replacements when Gene Hackman is talking to uh, Keanu Reeves. You know, you should have been carrying a clipboard those first couple years. You tried to carry the whole team and you crumbled. And I think that's exactly what's happening right now with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah, no, they would have benefited from, I mean, one, he's in the Alex Smith scenario right now because he's on his fourth head coach in four years. And, um, yeah, if he was able to... If they weren't so cocksure on him that first year and let Tyrod lose more games, I don't know why they were so reticent to go seven, eight, and one. Um, Tyrod could have lost more games, held up more games, whatever you want to say. But yeah, just being able to sit, observe, and learn, and figure out how to communicate with these guys because I, I think some I think some college quarterbacks have the same issues that some college coaches do where. Now everybody's grown ass man and now everybody's getting paid. You can't do the same rah rah stuff like that's not what's gonna get me charged up. Just go out there, do your job and let's get this dub. Yeah, and that's the other thing too with the NFL is that um you're getting in that locker room at twenty one, twenty two, twenty three years old as a quarterback and there's guys in there in his case. But yeah, and there's guys in there that are you know, 35, you know, 33 and you go up to them and you try and do that whole rah, rah, you know, how much, you know, um, let's get excited. And they're going to be like, yo, Rook, chill. (laughs) Like we know what's going on. Love of the game situation. This is the love of my paycheck and yeah. And accolades. And Chris Long talked about it on the Ryan Rosillo podcast where he said when he first got to St. Louis, you know, he, he was just kind of, he didn't really get, 
hyped up or like, let's go, let's go. But he said there, there were guys there where you were like, oh, this is a bad team. We're all going to play our asses off because that's our job and we're professionals. But there is no, you know, let's all go out to dinner and, you know, try and like yeah. scheme. Like there's there's none of that. It's let's do our job and then go home. We'll come and in I, Monday for practice. Tuesday's our off day. Wednesday we'll implement the game plan. It's like a fucking work day. It's a, yeah, it's a nine exactly. to five for these guys. And I, but I think on the other side of that coin, I think the Bengals with what they have in Joe Burrow. And it's weird because, again, it's nothing on paper that you can see, but it's just this feeling that we talked about with Gardner last week, this feeling of, like, they they are hyped. Like, they're like, oh, I think, we I think have a chance now. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they really believe it, especially uh, let the white commentators say, oh, man, he, I don't know where he got those wheels from, but, I mean, he, he was running all last year. <laughs> I well, love it when they talk about Josh Allen as a running quarterback. And it, <laughs> like, like, oh, we never saw this. Like, what? Some of the commentators are so confused. They're like, wait a second. Coming out of college, he was a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, he was a throwing guy. He can throw it seventy yards down the field. Yeah, but my uh, Jones's favorite saying is, "If he was treated like instead of Josh Allen, Jaheem Allen, they would have got this game plan going a long time ago, and they'd be much better instead oh, yeah. of trying to force him to throw it all the damn time." Well, they have all those. They have all those. The this is a side note, but the commentators have all those like little digs, and unless you like can tell what they are, so Jim Rat is a small white receiver. Oh uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, no. And the coach's son yeah. is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coaches. Yeah, the coach's guy. Yeah, those are. And it's so weird because it's like, oh, he's a student of the game. It's like, yeah. so he's unathletic, but he's really into, <laughs> like, I, I see what you're doing here. But yeah, yeah Joe, but the, the black athlete, he's just a freak of nature. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait a yeah. second, hold on. <laughs> well, they used to. Yeah, they. I mean, there was that whole episode of Friday Night Lights where they talked about it, where the coaches used to be like, yeah, he's just an animal. He's a dog out there, and it's like yeah. he's allowed to say that about himself <laughs> but you can't say that about him yeah no it has a it's dusted in context yeah i think i think joe burrow is gonna i think they really believe in him i yeah. think he's gonna and he should have fucking won that game yeah exactly well and that's he the thing too is that him. like you said he didn't have a great game but he had a very good game especially starting his first game in the nfl going against you know ingram and Bosa. better defenses well. yeah so i think i honestly i'm taking the Bengals in this game i think the Bengals will win i know the browns have to have a bounce back game i just don't think it's going to come this week i um, think i got the browns because uh, they have to have a bounce back game they they have to win this game all the hype around them everything going on they have to win this game yeah, they, they. this is a must win. They can't lose. If they lose this game, they might as well just bench Baker and say it's it's a done. It's a wrap. We we got you two first tier running backs. We got you two number one receivers. We got you. We invested in the offensive line. We have a solid defensive line with Garrett. We got Ward. We got uh, they have another receiver they drafted this year. Uh, and if that can't get you to over six points in game one. If you can't be the Bengals, who were the last team in the the world last year, they had the number one pick, then it's over. It's a wrap. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I just, it's a weird feeling I get. I'm taking the, I think the Bengals, I just think they want to, I think they want to play for Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. And I think they're, I honestly, I don't know what it is. Like, it's hard to describe. It's just so that. You guys got that it factor. Right? Yeah. It's that weird feeling where it's like, no, nah, I don't think they're going to lose two weeks. Especially the way they lost last week. They weren't out of that game. Exactly. And they were playing a good team in the, a playoff team in the Chargers. Yeah. 
potential playoff team. They didn't make it last year, but no, but you know what I mean. Like they should. Yeah, that's just because Philip Rivers. I think they'll make the playoffs this year, especially with the expanded playoff field. And it's just true that they took them about that. Yeah, they took them right down to the wire and should have won that game. And there's no fans. It's not like it's. Then you had the OPI, and then should have at least tied it to go into OT, and then. Oh, I'm I'm saying yeah, I'm going with they should have won it because that OPI was we talked about it last week. That was. No. I mean, that was more egregious than the Dallas one, but it was still, I think it's still Gabbage. By the way, I did, I did see the Dallas one again, another replay, and Gallup does push off at a point in his round. No, he, he does. does. I don't disagree with that, but the way Jalen responds yes, is the thing I have a problem with. Okay, all right. Like you said last week, he's really taking advantage of those acting classes in L.A. Yeah, (laughs) those Zoom acting classes. Um, But yeah, no, the first couple replays I saw of it, I was like, wait, he doesn't even touch him. Yeah, when you see it from the back, it doesn't look like he touches him at all. When you see it from the front angle, he definitely touches him, but he like flails. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? Um, Monday Night Football, Vic Fangio had some bad time management. Uh, yes. I don't know if the Steelers' offense is for real. Their defense is for real because it was last year. What did you think about Ben? Big Ben. I thought Ben, uh, spoiler alert first, I really, folks, I really don't like Ben because of uh, off the field things. Uh, yeah. I think he's a bad guy. Um, and he's never really apologized for any of it in public. Uh, he's also was suspended by the league for some of that stuff. Um, I but. think he had a solid game. He had a good enough game for a comeback. He probably looked better than some of the other old quarterbacks being Brady and Breeze. Um, he has a lot of young guys around him. Uh, Bobby Snell, Blake Snell, who's the running back? Uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell? I think we're still wrong, but... Are we? Um, I don't know. Maybe. We might be wrong. Um, I think uh, I think it's Benny. Benny Snell. It's definitely Benny Snell. Um, I think he was good. He was a good find because Connor hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, I never really believed in Juju It's Benny Snell. It's Benny Snell. Benny Snell. Knew it. Um, <laughs> Uh, who's Blake Snell? Blake's mm, no, no, no. Okay, let's not get bogged down. Tony yeah. Snell was an NBA player for the Bucks. I don't know where he is now. Um, Blake Snell is a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, Blake, baby. There we That's go. why we Thank were getting confused. Uh, by the way, White Sox AL. Yeah, you do that. Oh my god, <sighs> they are so good. Um, but uh. I, I, I've never been sold on Juju. I thought he benefited a lot from uh, playing alongside Antonio Brown. Yeah, when they're doubling year. Antonio Brown over the yeah, top. And then yeah. last year when he was the one, he had kind of a down year. But then the other day he had two touchdowns. I don't know if that's just the ineptitude of uh, the Giants defense and their lack of depth at corner. Or he's good again. Or he just needed a real quarterback, which, I mean... You can blame I think that has a, yeah, offense. I was yeah. gonna say I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I Juju I think is a is a very talented wide receiver. I, I just I don't know if he should be paid max money. No, I'll say that. No, I, I don't, don't think you should pay any skill. I mean, I don't think skill position players should ever get just like you know that maxed well, out contract. Max of max of their. Of oh, their, okay. Uh, I thought you were position. talking about like forty million no, 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 a no, year. No, no. I was like, no. no, no, no. I don't um, think he should because DeAndre Hop just became the fourth highest paid receiver. I don't think he should top DeAndre. He should Hopp. not reset the market for sure. I agree. Yeah, with you that's there. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, um, I thought Ben looked a little shaky in the beginning, which is understandable coming back from injury. Um, I thought Daniel Jones looked good. 
uh, for all things considered. And then he threw a pick. Yeah. I mean, then he, I think he had a fumble or two. Well, that's the thing, too, is so in the very beginning of the game, he, you saw him when he was getting sacked. He was wrapping up the ball, two hands. Um, he had that one beautiful pass for the touchdown uh, yeah. early. I think it was in the, the early Slayton. in the second quarter or in the first quarter. And that was like a deal for dime. Like that was a beautiful throw. But yeah. then as the game progressed, like we talked about last week, when they were going down the script and everything was good, yep. they were, they, he looked great. And then Once when you get hit in the mouth a couple of times, yep. Yep. And he started to, he started to <laughs> unravel a little bit. And I, I, feel so bad for Saquon Barkley. He's oh my gosh. such a talent and they just I need to look up those that those numbers. 20, I think oh, it was 26 yeah. yards. Yeah, I thought it was like 15 carries for like 6 yards. Oh, maybe. It was something crazy bad. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get IT on that, but uh he um they know he's going to like they know what they're going to do. Yeah, they're gonna pack the box. Yeah, and then they're gonna be like, "All right, Daniel Jones, try and beat us." And then the first half, he did. He, you know, he threw a touchdown. He was looking good. And then in the second half, he just kind of he fell apart. I just Saquon Barkley is a, like a, such a truly gifted talent at running back, and it sh- sure. it shows why. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a prime example of why people don't pay running backs. Yeah, you could argue he's the greatest. Carries six yards. That's insanity. Longest carry was for seven yards. That's insane. <laughs> and th- to me, it's it's bizarre because he he's so good, but he, he so stacked the box, and there's nothing you can do about it. Which is- when you don't have a good quarterback and they don't respect your quarterback, I'm just going to stack. That's what Adrian Peterson went through a lot yep, in his Minnesota. Years, yep. We're just going to stack the box. And tell Christian Ponder to beat us over the top. Like, yeah. no, he's not going to do it. <laughs> that's why we have to go pay for a 40-year-old Brett Favre. Oh, and that so, season. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That first one. All right. Do you yeah. want to talk about um, the U.S. Open? We talked about that last. Oh, the men's? Yeah. No, the golf. Ah, I got nothing. Oh, the golf. Ah. Uh, no? Okay, we'll move on. I mean, I'm hoping Tiger wins. Uh, I don't I don't think he's playing real well. Full disclosure to everybody, it's my um, there are people in my family who work in the golf world, so I'm around Ooh. it quite a bit. Um, okay. But, uh, so that's why. Do you have uh, connections at TPC? Uh, I don't personally, but uh, my uncle runs a, a he owns his own business and it's all golf related. It's e golf rings. Okay. Follow him on Instagram oh, at e golf rings. But uh, he works with uh, a lot of golfers and stuff. So growing up, my whole life, whenever we'd go visit, we're always watching golf. And so I didn't know. I in my head, I'm like, yeah, the U.S. Open is going to be a big, you know, big, big. I always forget tournament. until Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, is Dustin doing what? Uh, yeah. So Dustin, right, Dustin, Dustin is uh, has the. Uh, Strongest odds to win. Okay. Um, but that's just because he's the betting favorite. The problem with uh, where they're playing is the um, uh, the course is going to destroy some of them because mm-hmm. uh, they're at Wingfoot and it's like it's it's a rough course. Um, and the U.S. Open, is it the U.S. Open or the PGA that usually sets up their course like 
to fuck the golfers. The U.S. Like, Open. They don't want. Yeah, okay. They never want high scores anyway. Yeah. So the U.S. Open, after seeing what happened in the last two majors, where people were winning, you know, minus sixteen, you know, minus ten. The um, they've been working on this course for the last year because this is a private mm. course too. So like Pebble Beach and stuff, those are public courses. TBC yeah. Sawgrass, that's a public course, so you can only make it so difficult. But Wingfoot mm. is this is a private course, so they can do whatever they want. Um, yeah, move trees and move. Yeah, so it's right now. Greens. Dustin Johnson is the uh, betting favorite. I like Rory McIlroy at uh, plus sixteen hundred. Bryson DeChambeau is good, but this is a course where it's not going to. Um, your length isn't going to matter so much as your your accuracy. Definitely. Since, since we've landed here, uh, I've been wondering for a while because I kind of rooted for the kid for a bit there. What has happened to Jordan Spieth? Um, so Jordan Spieth had done? that really good run, and then he just kind of. And that's the thing too is in golf. Is it, the, is it really the 16th hole at the Masters where he double doinked into the water and he's just never recovered? Yeah, golf is so mental. It's one of those things. I, it's similar to like a shooter in basketball. Like when you take the shot, you're like, oh, that's good or that's bad. And it's the same thing when you. You swing in golf and i think it's it's so mental and you can mm-hmm. tell because like these guys will have one of these meltdowns and then they just never recover i think he'll be fine he's still pretty young i mean he's my age if not a little younger so yeah, um slightly kind of yeah. older than me because he was like 25 when I was 22. So he's probably like 30, 31 now. Yeah. So he um, right now is, um, wow, he's 67th as his world ranking. 67. <laughs> no, he's 27, but he's 67th in the okay. world ranking. Oh, so me and him are about the same age. Yeah. So um, he's a three time major winner. He just, yeah, yeah, he had that one. He had that one 16th hole, hole at the Masters. Yeah, and he dropped just, it into the water two times. He's never recovered since. And he was up at that Masters. Yeah, so right now he's plus three. He's tied for 42 at winged foot. I mean, he's not going to, you know what I mean? He's not going to not be in the running for some of this stuff. And that's the weird thing with golf is you can make a cut and no one could have ever heard of your name and you could be a multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah. I would say, um, how is my favorite golfer? Because he's a linebacker and just talks a bunch of cash shit. Brooks Kepka doing? Uh, I thought you were gonna say no, 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 Brooks Kepka. Uh, let me see. Kepka. Um, Brooks Kepka is jacked as hell too. Have yeah, you exactly. Ever, he um, hang on. I'm I'm, I'm looking at lift and swing. Lift and swing. I'm looking at the standings now. We're gonna get it on this. <laughs> um, oh, he hasn't started yet. Okay. But he's there. I just wanted to make sure. Because I know some of these guys, everybody's not going to every major with everything going. And the majors are so... No, okay, that is true. I, I forgot about this. That's why I wanted to look it up. So he's had a knee issue for the last couple. He's not playing. Yeah. He's not playing. Okay, yeah, no, I I, and when you said it, I was thinking, and I was like, wait, I think he's out, but I definitely wanted to pull it up before I just threw that out there. Yeah, because he's out. There was one... I don't remember if it was a major... What was? There's only been one major so far, right? Two. The Masters is in November. Yeah, there's been two. This is the second one then. It was I don't the PGA. Know. Then we had like the PGA final a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so we had the FedEx. Yeah, we had the, and then there was uh, the PGA Championship. There, the PGA Major, whatever it's called. The uh, Open Championship. Okay, I thought that was British Open. No. Anyway. Oh yeah, so there's the 
the PGA Championship, which was August 6th through 9th, the U.S. Okay. Open, which is going now, the Masters, which is in November, and then the Open Championship was canceled. You're right. That's the, yeah. uh, okay. that's the British one. Yeah, so for the PGA Championship, I think he played, and he had, like, just come off of surgery. Because that's when he was, like, uh, he talked shit about Dustin. Yeah. But he was, like, joking. But, yeah, um... DeChambeau's annoying Patrick Reed people need to stop hating on him as much for a little yeah cost. that's um that's interesting the whole Patrick Reed situation with what happened to him at uh, uh in college and everything yeah and then what was it at the end of last year where he had like moved some sand and everybody was like oh he's ruining the yeah. game yeah. it's like come on settle down take yourself a little too serious golf people yeah, Brooks Kepka um, finished 29th at the PGA Championship. Yeah, okay. All right, Brandon just uh, surprise attacked me with some golf. You got some yeah, golf? Yeah, I actually texted. I, I, I sent a message out to my uncle, and I was like, hey, doing the podcast today. I know the U.S. Open starts. Anything you want me to talk about? <laughs> no response. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so who... You want to do a friendly little wager, nothing on it? You get two people, I get two people? Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to take Fowler and McElroy. Uh, I just, I started this whole segment with McElroy's my guy. Oh, sorry. I'll take <laughs> Dustin then. I'll take the number one golfer. I was going to give you the number one golfer, but I'll take the number one golfer. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have taken the number one anyway. Um, I'll take Dustin and Ricky. You're taking Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson? Yeah. I got Rory and Patrick. Rory and Patrick. Uh, Patrick Reed and Rory McElroy. All right. Beautiful. We'll end it there. Uh, you want to get your plugs in, bud? Yeah. Uh, follow me at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy um, on all platforms. And that's it. Go, you go ahead, Joe. Um, you can follow this show at Cheering Press on Twitter and Instagram. Tell your friends about it. Um, you can follow the show, the parent show to all of this, a new low at a new low pod. If you enjoy listening to the Hamilton soundtrack or watching the Hamilton movie, like some weirdos like to do, <laughs> I do a podcast with my buddy Kyle, where we break down every song, song by song called, uh, who does a podcast. You can follow that on Twitter and Instagram at who does a pod. I'm a professional podcaster now. If you can't tell, I have eight podcasts apparently. Um, you can follow me at Joe Dorville on Twitter and Instagram. Follow a new low pod on Twitch. Uh, listen to my hip hop album TV by Headphone Joe. No O, no E. And uh, yeah, we play to win the game, baby. Yep, that's why we play. We play to win the game. <laughs>